Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hello, Emily. How are you today? Hello, Michelle. <laughs> we talked about this last time. I, I was know. Trying not to do. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing, <laughs> Emily? But that so, just seems so natural to me. It, well, I think you should stick with you it. Just stick with it. Yeah. Okay. Do what's natural. I know. Yeah. I, know. I keep trying to say, you know, class it up a little bit on my end. Mm, I think <laughs> she's it, saying stop. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like. I like the true Michelle. You like it when you like yeah. it when I don't hold back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. So that's what I thought. Well, well here we are. Yeah. Another fabulous day brought us here to the I, studio. That's right. Right. We're kind of recording outside our normal schedule today yeah. because we wanted to take advantage of the fact that this amazing woman is back in <laughs> I town. Know, I know. We have on our on our show today Lola Vanella. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, I was going to read. Her. You're going to read. I was going to read it. That. Oh, that's why. Oh, that's okay. why. I'm, that's why I'm trying to get fine. I have the glasses on. This is it, right? Um, Lola Van Ella is an international burlesque singer, dancer, producer, instructor, and MC. One of the premier names in burlesque, she performs frequently and produces many shows, including the International Show Me Burlesque Festival, the largest of its kind in the Midwest, the Shimmy Showdown. And the Shimmy Showdown and Spectaculaire. That's in French. Ah. Lola is the CEO of Van Ella Production and Studio, which is the home of burlesque, vaudeville, and variety education and entertainment in St. Louis. And it goes on and on. She has uh, been featured and written about locally in St. Louis Magazine, Vital Voice, AOL City's Best, The Riverfront Times, The Post-Dispatch, and KDHX. She's received the first and second runner-up titles, respectively, in the Queen of Burlesque Competition Three years in a row. Where does that take place? In New Orleans, where I now live. Right. Um, (gasps) She, uh, I've seen her perform, and this is not written in here, but um, she's amazing. She was in town. You can definitely read the rest of this incredible bio (laughs) on her website. But Lola was in town, and we asked her to be on the show, and she was like, yeah, let's do it, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's how I remember it going Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) you know— uh, upon the conception of this podcast, when we were putting down kind of a list of dream people to bring into the studio, Lola, you were on Aww. that list. You didn't even so know nice. us yet. I didn't know. And now mm-hmm. you're like, of course. Yeah. It makes total sense. Well, thanks. Total well, sense. Well, I've seen many of your productions and your shows, and you just, you have kind of a, a special... Ah, light about you, oh, you know, you, you, you make burlesque, it, burlesque is fun, but it just, you make it so, you make it feel so women's empowerment and ah, you make everybody feel comfortable good. and create a good time for <laughs> I'm everybody. glad to hear it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really, you know, welcome to the show and Thank thanks for you. making time to be with this us today. This is great. I'm excited to be here. And, uh, well, we always start off with, uh, a little, another bottle talking yes. about it. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And again, we, we, you know, we, we do pick our bottles mm-hmm. with our guests in mind. Absolutely. And, and so today, when I reached out to our friends, the wine merchant, I, um, I said, we've got Lola 
vanilla coming in, guys. <laughs> what should we drink? I mean, well, we they need... offered to bring it here themselves, <laughs> but we said, we said, you know, guys, the studio is small enough already. We don't. We're gonna have to have you stay at the at the wine merchant and keep mm-hmm. working. Yeah. yeah, we knew that she liked red wines. Yes, and I was like, oh, we need something sassy. Yes. So this is their interpretation of what a sassy wine tastes like. Let's see what you think. I I think this is delicious. It's a Spanish wine. Mm. It's, it's called Valle del Cua. It's from the Bierzo region. The grape is Mencia. They picked it out because they're like, oh, it's leathery and spicy. And those are words I like. Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. I do I definitely taste um leathery, spicy notes, a little violet, some black cherry, some red plum. It's very herbaceous. good. I'm into yeah. it. Into yeah. It. I'm into yeah. it. Good. I'll definitely drink more of this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, and the price point is great. Um, what's the price of this one? Before taxes, it's like fourteen ninety nine. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's great. Totally get, easy to okay. get to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I'm surprised by that price. Given I hope taste. It, I don't think it was on sale. Yeah, I think that was. Well, it's yeah, a good value wine. I think so. Mm-hmm. We like our value wines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very good. Mm. Well, cheers, ladies. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Ugh, reach, reach. <laughs> so, Lola, you brought your friend with us today. Yeah, my little man, Chappy, is in my lappy, uh, <laughs> dressed as Santa. And he's a performer, too. Yeah, well, you know, I'm like a crazy stage mother who pushes him <laughs> onto the stage. Yes. But he lives the life of a spoiled prince, so I think it's the least he can do to pull his weight around here. Yes. Time for him to start earning some of the rent. That and I pay. he is a Shih Tzu. He is, I think, mostly. I mean, he okay. was he was rescued off the street, um, and I have never really gotten the full lowdown on his mm-hmm. age or exact type. But mm-hmm. um, we're going to guess that he is now around mm, between eight and nine, okay. and he is probably mostly a Shih Tzu. Okay. He's very adorable. He looks like an Ewok. Yes, we get that all the time. Mm-hmm. He's an Ewok mixed with like. Uh, a luck dragon from the Neverending Story. Oh yes, my yes. goodness! Right? <laughs> yes. He's basically a living Muppet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's yeah. just a dr- everybody's so dream. Calm. Yes, and kind of like a dog version of a very like an old British man. That's kind of how I imagine him. He's my old. Oh. We call him the old man, baby man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he found you. You said. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I was just driving to the bank one day, and he was <laughs> literally. Licking a fast food wrapper, like a like a true street urchin from, oh, you know, over. from the olden days of a Dickensian novel, except for the fact oh. that it was like a McDonald's wrapper. But um, yeah, he was just licking this. It was the saddest, most street urchin thing I'd ever I'd ever seen. And and so um, I basically kind of chased him down, and we found him sitting on the porch of this house where they were not feeding him or touching him or giving him any sort of life at all. And the neighbor saw me looking for him, and then they t- they encouraged me to take him. So he had run back to where the he house. had been living. Yes, but they weren't letting him in, and they weren't feeding him. Oh, my god! So I have no—I feel no remorse for taking Taking him. this dog. It was yeah. really—he was in a really bad place. And I was not looking for a dog, but it was instant love— and um, and this, there was discussion on whether to name him Chaplin after Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin, or he was going to be named Buster after Buster Keaton. Oh, but way. once we realized how um, Chappy just fit him so well, mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. he's definitely not graceful uh, like Charlie Chaplin, or really is distinguished. But he's definitely a Chappy. Okay. He's Chappy. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. My my dog had a very similar story I, when I 
adopted him from another a home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom found him actually at a garage sale, mm-hmm. and he was he's a tiny guy. He, he was six pounds when I got him. Oh my goodness! And he, my mom was like going to this garage sale and saw this cute little dog chained to a tree, and he Aww. literally had like. It wasn't like he was chained to a tree, like, with, you know, a beautiful little collar and, like, hooked up. It was—no, he had a chain around his neck chained to the tree. Oh, Six so pound horrible. Yorkie. Six yeah. pounds. So my mom called—you oh, know, awful. she was, like—she's a an animal whisperer and picked him up and, you know, they loved each other instantly. And the woman who was running the garage sale was like, well, everything's for sale, including the dog. So my mom knew I went to Yorkie and oh was dog gosh. shopping at the time. And she called me. She's like, Emily, I found your dog. And same thing. Instant love affair. Like, we're inseparable. and That's uh, really sweet. And, you know, he's he's had some issues to overcome, mm-hmm. I'm sure, as Chappie oh, yeah. has. But, um, you know, I'm just—we've saved each other, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I say the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. people are like, oh, you rescued him. I'm like, well, it was mutual. He rescued me. I rescued him. Like, mm-hmm. And how many years yeah. have you had him now? Um, going on eight. Wow. It'll be eight this coming June. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very similar time. And when did he start yeah. performing with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I started taking him on the road all the time. And then I just, I make a lot of appearances at these, you know, different venues around yeah. the country. I wish I could take him internationally. It's the hardest part is when I, I, when I leave for Europe, it's usually for about a month at a time. Oh yeah. So then I have to leave him with my, with grandma and grandpa, you know, with mom and dad. And yeah. They love him. So it's okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, early on it was sort of. I don't even remember exactly the first time I should remember, but I think it was probably the House of Blues in New Orleans. I was performing there and he came on stage with me at the end of the show and of course the audience. And it was unplanned? I think it was a slightly unplanned. I okay. think he sort of saw me on stage and I encouraged him to run to me and he ran to me oh. and jumped in my arms and I was like, well, oh. this is this is great. Plus, you know, it's... It's always great. It was to an any of, moment. At, yeah, you know, you know, you're going to get <laughs> the, the audience blues. on your side yeah. when they when they see a mm-hmm. cute, fluffy dog, and so it's yeah. always he's always the ringer, you yeah. know. So, I have this sort of Christmas holiday show, and we just did it in um, Madison and Columbia at the Majestic and the Blue Note, and at the end of the show, I sang Santa Baby to oh, him dressed as perfect. Santa Claus. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! It was great because, of course, I said I need I need Santa Claus to come out here, and he. He came out, and of course, the audience immediately is, ah, plus they're drunk, and they were all trying to yeah. pet him, and they were so excited, and I was like, I knew he would be the real star. Everybody like forgets about me once they see Chappie on the stage, so, so it's great. <laughs> I, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I am eager to learn about how you—what inspired you to get into burlesque? Uh well, I mean, it's probably a lifelong, you know, there's like, you think about things from your past and you're like, oh, that explains it. Uh-huh. Um, I I was always fascinated with spectacle and, and stage stuff. I mean, ever since I was a child, I was performing from a really, really early age. And I used to make up plays and do musical reviews in my living room and I would charge my parents money. <laughs> so that's the difference. I never charged my family. I, charged I made them. them sit there, but I'm, I didn't charge. I made them oh, pay God. me. <laughs> so I forgot I, I did it. that. And then so I was you've like, seen your value very yeah, young. That's yeah. great. I think at first it was probably free and then I realized that there could be money in this <laughs> business. So I started making them pay a quarter. And I would invite like, you know, my like aunts and uncles or whatever, but they all had to pay like a quarter to see my terrible shows. And I would, you know, I would write them and, and made little musicals and stuff. 
But I always loved performing, and my grandma is a huge movie buff. Um, she has a massive film collection. She owns over 2,500 titles. Wow. And she um, just is an expert. So we used to watch old MGM musicals mm-hmm. and Busby mm-hmm. Berkeley, and and I saw Gypsy with her for the first time. And I— and all kinds of stuff. Lady Sings the Blues with Billie Holiday. Oh, like, God, I, that's so great. I just, yeah. like, learned early on I wanted to be like those women. And so I always was kind of enamored with with glamorous women, but also glamorous, funny women that were in charge. So, yeah. like, I love Lucille Ball and Dolly yeah. Parton from a yeah. really early age. Um, but I I was really fascinated with that. And it, I think it just sort of propelled me into wanting to sort of not only be on stage, but I was also really enamored with like s- s- fancy, sparkly mm-hmm. uh, showgirls. Mm-hmm. I just loved fancy costumes. And even from like a really young age, and I probably was a little too young, I remember wanting to wear fishnets and corsets when I was like eight. Yeah, you yeah. know, not knowing anything about it. Well, I was curious, like, how did your parents react to that? I mean, I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, when your your daughter wants to go off and be a tomboy, and they're like, they try to stop that. But if your daughter wants to walk around and you know be in her tutu and fishnets all day long, you know, how do they? Yeah, how do they h- handle it. We never really had the money to for me to take like actual formal training, so okay. I was always very much like doing it on my own. And my mom was a dancer, okay. and, and my whole family is very musical, so. They always encouraged my shenanigans. They never really thought it would take me where I am now. Um, but I was really fascinated with just with showgirls with like and just like sparkly nudity. Always yeah. all I was never ashamed of being naked. I'm really grateful to my mom for that too. She was a she was a fitness competitor and bikini model. Oh my god. So I grew up with this like bodybuilding hot mom who we lived yeah. in Florida and she was like strutting around in her bikini all the time. I never thought about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my mom never encouraged my burlesque career. But once I got into it, at first, I think they were all really freaked out. Um, but um, over the years, as I become more and more brazen and more outspoken about sex workers and mm-hmm. and strippers and just women being like in charge of their bodies and, you know, having agency over themselves, regardless of what they want to do, no matter what. Uh, they have really, really learned to accept it and not just accept it, but my mom is like my biggest fan. And my dad actually saw my very first burlesque show last New Year's Eve. First, for the time, first time in 13 years. Yeah. And he's got tickets for the front row for this one. And he saw, oh. sat in the front row for the Show Me Burlesque Festival. How did you feel that day? You knew I was he was terrified. There. Okay. I've never yeah. been more nervous in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I was so nervous. Um, Especially because I, I closed the show with this like very sultry striptease number, and yeah. my dad is in the. It's very awkward, you know. Yes. So yeah. I was like, "You guys, my dad is here." Uh, I was terrified, but he loved it. He loved the whole show. He was just he was sold. So supportive. So afterwards. and at the end, he really took me aside and just said, "I am so proud of you." It was like the most, you know, like yeah, oh, my thank you, dad. Oh my god, yeah. 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 yeah, so it was great. I think he's finally also just realized like this is not a phase, and I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it's just going to be weird if he starts to get all of his buddies to get together. Well, Let's that's, go. That's the funny part is his best friend was there that night, his oh best God. buddy, and he was laughing and giving him 
trouble, which was yeah. making me more embarrassed. He yeah. was like, I was watching your dad when you were doing this thing. I was like, oh my so, God, shut up. As a performer, <laughs> and I've, I've seen you do some things. I mean, I've, I've seen you a couple times. Um, you know, one you used to do the burlesque on Sundays down at Lola's. Oh my God, that was so long yeah, ago. Yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Um, that was when my minivan was in a oh. gunfight. But, oh, <laughs> what? So long ago. But um, and then, I think we need to hear that well, story. We'll, we'll tell this, yeah. I'll tell the story in a minute. But um, so I saw you've seen you do that. I saw you at the Dutchtown Carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, saw some of your things on on YouTube and stuff. But knowing your father was in the audience, did you let everybody else know that he was there? Oh, or did yeah. You, okay, you know you, I did. You capitalized mm-hmm. on that. Oh, yeah. And I made jokes that made, on the mic about it. Because that made it easier for you, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. I made jokes on the mic because he was cracking up there because there was some really great comedy in the show. And he was... I mean, there were moments where he was so red in the face from laughing, which made me so happy because my dad has a very infectious, like loud, bellowing laugh. And so, you know, everyone heard him and I definitely made, you know, teased him a bit and I can't help but heckle my dad if he's yeah. in the front row. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what you have to do. Everyone knew. Plus, I was like freaking out. I was like, you guys, I can't. I was telling everybody over and over again, like, my dad is here. Oh my or, God, what I'm is gonna, happening? I'm be bending over and shaking my butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good behavior. <laughs> yeah. I was so nervous, but he loved it. He really Fabulous. did love it. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. So, how old? I'm not sorry, not how old, but like when you decided to get in burlesque. I mean, did you have somebody to study under? Did you? No. You created everything that's here in St. Louis, didn't you? Well, I I can't take all the credit at all because I was a part of a collective called okay. the Alley Cat Review. And so it was me and a number of really amazing women who all started under the direction of the manager of this club that no longer exists on Washington that was called Rue 13, but it was like around for a long time. And they had a burlesque they wanted to start this burlesque thing because the manager had seen like 40 deuce in Las Vegas. And so she put out like audition notices in the paper. And this is before Facebook really. I mean, this was like 2000. I mean, there was Facebook, but you know, it was like back when it was just like college kids on it. And so when I wasn't, I was definitely not on it. Uh, I had a MySpace page, you know, I did too. uh, I I still do, but I just don't remember. MySpace was great. I don't Uh, don't remember my password. So it's kind of, it's kind of make your own, put your little HTML codes in there, make your page look all cute. (laughs) Anyway. But um, she put yeah. the audition notice in the paper. She put a notice in the paper, and I. Long story short, I met a woman who was in a cabaret with me, and a different cabaret. It was like a, a great American songbook kind of thing, and we were both singing in the show. And she said, "Oh, hey, I'm in this burlesque show downtown. It had just started like a month pre- pre- previous to that." And she said, "You should come down, and they need more performers." And I walked in the very next Saturday, saw the show. And said, I'm doing this. It was like the most like light bulb moment you walked of my in and life. Felt at home. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Yeah. And I immediately walked up the stairs and told the manager I wanted a job. And she said, can you start next weekend? <laughs> and so I had one week to put together my act. And so... What so was your first act like? I sang Whatever Lola Wants, which of course, like, oh, yeah. duh. And um, I sang I Want to Be Loved by You, the like mm. Marilyn Monroe, nice. Betty Boop. And... Uh, you had your stage you... name a Lola Vanella no, at that point? No, no, okay. No, I was just sort of Lola. No one had last names then. It okay. was just sort of this, <laughs> this sort of. I mean, it was really raw. It was really rough. There was no 
tech. Like there was no announcer. Yeah. There was, it was just like this trial by fire burlesque. It Much like our like, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just like get out there and make it work. Hopefully no one dies, you know. And uh, we, were we don't this, take our clothes off on the podcast. But I mean, sometimes it feels no, like. Not yet at least. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, we're working the night way. is young and the yeah. wine is just only not even halfway done. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and it, dis- get, it gets hot in well, exactly. Don't count yourselves out yet. I'm sure you know we could make something happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we just sort of like jumped on stage and did it, and then we just grew from there. But I um, and I loved it, but I wanted more, and that yeah. is to not discount anybody there because I loved all those women very much. But I really wanted something bigger, and so I started producing my own events, and that's when Vanilla Productions sort of came to be and I started to produce my own show and I started to create this showcase for other because there were no other performers yeah. we were the only performers so I started teaching classes right and then that's how it more just, performers started to come out and really and there's of course like a whole history from there history as it were from there mm-hmm. but yeah. um yeah I started teaching and, and creating the St. Louis Burlesque Showcase and we started doing this like event off Broadway with right. part of Stag Night which right. was like this rock and roll dive bar magic that happened and then from there it just exploded and then I started the Show Me Burlesque Festival in 2010 well, do you do you uh, believe like I do that when something's supposed to happen everything falls into place for you? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you you went to the bar on Washington Avenue and you just knew where you are supposed to be. I, yeah. And then St. Louis has benefited tremendously. Well, thank you. All of the women and all the, the people have gone to the show. So it's benefited because you stayed true to who you are. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe in just like finding out who you are and then, you know, doing it unapologetically. I think there's a Dolly Parton quote about that. And I think she's like my patron saint. So, um, <laughs> but you know, you just have to, and I really also believe in like figuring out what you're good at and then just doing it. Doing like it. find out what your strengths are and then exploit them as much as you can until they don't work anymore. And I have, you know, steadily but surely throughout my life kind of just uh, tried to capitalize on the things I'm good at, right. you know. And right. there's no such thing as failures, really. Just Or failures are just chances to learn, you right. know. So it's right. like you fail, but really a failure is just another amazing opportunity for growth. Right. Absolutely. So, totally yeah, agree with it's, you. it's pretty amazing kind of – I never expected – what now is I didn't ex- I didn't you just figured you would imagined. be the accountant by day and the burlesque dancer by <laughs> Never night Never an accountant right? <laughs> oh god no no thank maybe god. that would have helped you a little May- bit though. no I, you I now if I could do it all over I would have taken more business, business classes courses. probably but I I really had to learn all of it sort of as it was happening on the job training oh my god oh my god yeah I never was I could have never worked in an office it was never I knew I had to just do this yeah I don't know anything else I mean I've been kind of a full-time hustling showgirl for my whole adult life in one form or another with this being a a glamorous um work kind of kind of work um the podcast or the burlesque well I mean (laughs) this is pretty glamorous I mean there's cheese and wine and a dog nice looking band yeah Yeah. the control boards is sweet (laughs) we try we try to glam it up here it's really glam speaking of course glamorous blues hat on (laughs) sweet button down it's good yeah Yeah. we're yeah it's 
We're gonna we're gonna dress him up in one of our sweatshirts pretty soon. Nice, it'll be Ooh, even yes. more glamorous. Then. Does it say clitorally speaking? It does. It does. Yeah, he should definitely wear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to be wearing that pretty much at least every recording day. Good. Well, well with the glamour aspect, I wanted to ask: Do you work with a costume designer? Or do you design oh, yes. your? Yeah. Yes, I actually try to design. I really loved the design aspect, but I loathe the not. I shouldn't say loathe. I'm just. I know where my strengths are, and right. it is not in sewing. I have sewn in my life. I used mm. to sew a lot of my own clothes when I was younger for fun. They were not beautiful garments, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought they were very. I was trying to be like very chic, and um, you know, I was very much living this very kind of hippie, free spirited life. So I used to make my own clothes, but they were not um, bespoke by any yeah. means or couture. <laughs> um, so I I work with a number of amazing and talented designers who. We work on a vision, and then they make it happen. Oh, wow. And then I have friends that rhinestone it for me. Oh, my gosh. You have a rhinestone friend. I have multiple rhinestoners who then I give, and then they put on thousands and thousands of Swarovski and, you know, also knockoff (laughs) rhinestones that were maybe on sale on eBay or something. Oh, my gosh. That's fabulous. Fascinating. Well, let's take a quick break, um, drink a little bit more of our wine, because I just feel like our conversation is so stunted today, you know? We have nothing to talk about here. We're we're having to pull words out of everybody's (laughs) mouth. So let's get some um, more wine and uh, take a little break, and we'll come back and talk some more, all right? have a little bit more. Emily's mm-hmm. been very, very good and diligent to make sure that we are I all know. measured out equally to the ounce. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, I, uh, which is nice. Smallier over here. I, do, yeah. I, don't, I just don't want anybody to feel cheated. Well, you know? which is good because sometimes she just pours herself more <laughs> and says, well, you guys have a little bit. But You're on no. your own. Yeah. Yeah. Self-love. <laughs> Hashtag self-love. That's right. Me first. <laughs> Always take care of yourself first. Um, so, Lola, your your background story is absolutely fascinating and you know everything that you've done in st louis and i was thinking today or you know reflecting upon your coming to our show and uh, i was wondering and it really kind of hit me about how when you're up there you're performing or any burlesque burlesque performer is up there and you have all these folks in the audience in on youtube or whatever you are in control. Mm-hmm. It's like all about women's empowerment. It's celebration mm-hmm. of the body. Um, you know, nobody has to be perfect. Right. There are, st- you know, burlesque dancers that are large, small, big boobs, little boobs. And I love that. Yeah. And I love how the audiences are always, they, they celebrate each woman. Yes. With As it should equality, be. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet I know that how like with that first time that person goes out there to do that, how scary that is. Right. How scary. But each time she performs, I don't know. I'm assuming because I, I, I've not done it. But and each time she steps out in that way and performs again, she gains a little bit more power, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more control. Yet at the same time, I found it seems so incredibly vulnerable too mm-hmm. because you are naked in front of these people. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's, it's like a complete dichotomy or juxtaposition. And, and I wanted to like maybe explore that a little bit more with you and, yeah. and how you, how you blend it, how you manage it, how you use your voice in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that's a great, that's a really great topic and a great question because 
that's exactly right, is very vulnerable. And yeah. I think that's part of the beauty of burlesque and of of essentially like naked performance art in that way is that you are in control. And that's like kind of the big difference, right? So it's this um it's this time when I'm on stage where I have I have agency over my body completely. Yeah. And I am one hundred percent in charge and I'm making the choice. I am choosing what the audience gets to see or not. So yeah. no one is telling me what to do. No no director or club owner or whatever is saying, you have to be mm-hmm. this naked in order to be valid or valued or to have your art be looked at. And so there is something so... there. That's where the empowerment is for me, is that I am choosing, I am making a choice to to reveal what I want to reveal. And burlesque is all about the conceal and the reveal, mm-hmm. regardless of the literal or figurative. Which is, if you think about life and relationships, it's about conceal and reveal yes. and conceal and reveal. Exactly. And you don't know when, you know, and sometimes you reveal and it's too much and, and then mm-hmm. other times you don't and, right. and you should have. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's vulnerable, right? Yeah. So there's vulnerability in that. And I truly believe that vulnerability is our greatest strength as human beings. It is the greatest strength that we have is the, the strength and the gift of vulnerability. It is a gift to give it. Mm-hmm. And to have it and to realize that it is a strength and, and not a weakness as sometimes society would have us believe, right? That right. that if we if we show our soft underbelly yeah. that that we could be hurt. But and that but that's where the strength comes from, is in is that when we when we are able to be vulnerable, we are exposing something soft and and you know maybe uh, not as protected, right? There's we're letting our wall down, we're letting our guard down. And when we are able to do that we are showing that we can be strong in our vulnerability. And there's something so truly beautiful about that to me. And I find it utterly like inspiring. It's why I can continue to watch burlesque and be moved and and be blown away by um, by seeing other performers of any gender, of any age, any it doesn't, you know, does not matter mm-hmm. being able to give that gift. And you can really see it when it happens to you when you're watching somebody. Well, I just had this thought, and it seemed like the reveal is the, is where your control is, right? So if you're choosing to reveal whatever part of it is about you, that's mm-hmm. where your control is versus when somebody finds something out, out about you, right? Right. Because there's no, there's no shame in, in your revealing and, right. re- and owning it that way. Right. It's an act of shamelessness. Like, there's no shame in it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I. I also I like to how when you're showing that soft underbelly, you know, mm-hmm. or you're showing that, you know, you're you're being vulnerable. You're showing the thing that might be imperfect, and you're letting anybody, everybody in. I mean that that is what allows people to connect. Yes, you know, people can relate to you, and when you f- start finding common ground, yeah, you know, it's by being open that that absolutely that real connection happens and that's the that is the meaning of life right there is connecting with other people right Mm -hmm. so if if you know people say oh god what am i doing why am i here and i always for me i always say that i am here to connect with other people and if i can connect to people by being on stage and making them laugh or turning them on or Mm -hmm. making them think or making them question something then i feel like i'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm connecting with other human beings. And every time we have those moments of connection, whether we're, you know, we're here talking to each other or I'm on stage giving a performance, it's, it's a moment in which I'm connecting to another human being. And it's, I, 
it is such a lovely thing to me. I I would like to have a little insight here um, from you. When people, and I'll I'll just say women, because this is, you know, definitely, you know, women focused. When women that you meet and you, you know, they don't necessarily know that you burlesque performer Mm -hmm. and production, you know, all those things. And you say, oh, I I dance burlesque. And they immediately are a little nervous or a little like, oh, and they like project a little bit of disdain or, you know, look down on you. My question is like, what do you what do you go through in your brain internally to deal with it? Because you know, Emily and I have we've been doing our clitorally speaking the podcast mm-hmm. for a few months, and we have run into a few women out there that get absolutely way nervous and sure. trip over themselves mm-hmm. over the name, right? And I was just curious, like how you handle it, what kind? You know, maybe there's things that you do that we can also then mm-hmm. internalize <laughs> and in okay, you know, this is what Lola does. What we need to? What would Lola do? WWLD, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> How fabulous! Um, yeah, I that's that's great. I um, I've actually been thinking about that myself because I think uh, the longer I've been in this business and and the more I've really broken down my own barriers and really processed and and sort of unpacked, you know, my everything in my life that got me to this point, right? Like my the baggage that got exactly, you there as the well baggage, as the, the trauma, the, yeah. yeah, the joys, the pleasures, the pains, like all of those things, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have gotten to a point to where I absolutely have removed the shame. So I remember when I was younger, there was a bit of that sort of guilt. Like, even though I was proud of what I did, I would still sort of try to, you know, pad it with a little bit of mm-hmm. sugar, you know, like, right. oh, it's, absolutely. it's, I do burlesque, but like, you know, it's like this rather than now. I, if people ask me, I love to actually, I push it a little further on purpose because I, I think it's almost part of my job now. I think it's my duty to destigmatize uh, the female this. body, just period. Yeah, yeah stigmatize sex, yeah. yeah, as much as I can, and to say, yeah, I dance. I'm a, I'm a, and sometimes I just say, I'm a fancy stripper, you know, because I, I want people to know that there's nothing wrong with that, and that I have chosen this. That no one has made me feel like I have to do something or what, you know, I, that I'm somehow unworthy or that I've made a choice because of something that, um, I don't know, some sort of sad reason. Right. Like you're searching for acceptance and love. Through, right. Yeah. Because that is, there is so much stigma mm-hmm. on, on women, period, yeah. about, you know, if a woman dresses a certain way or acts a certain right. way, then there's clearly something broken or damaged about right. her. And so for me, I feel like I need to use my voice to remind people that um, that's absolutely not true. And that and so when people ask me, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a burlesque dancer. And I sense even the slightest bit of trepidation or projection of their own insecurity or their, you know, their ego, or their issues. I immediately use my own like humor or whatever right. to just sort of be like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Like this is my life and this mm-hmm. is what I do. And I have all these friends and and I just kind of I plow right through it. There is no I make sure that I do everything in as and I it, as possible to have no hesitation. Yeah. You own it. I own it one hundred percent. And I think ownership is the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, it's uh, it, it's the key to confidence. It's the key to getting what you want out of life. Is that you have to own everything—the good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly. You have to own it. If it's not so pretty, and you own it. Yeah. And if you're just like, oh, yep, this is what happened. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I want. This is my dream. This is my life. This, these are my choices. It kind of forces people to make, then they have to make a choice, either accept it or move along. Right, right. Do you find that um, because you're you're nude for work, 
Mm-hmm. Do people feel more entitled to touch you or, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, luckily, not often, um, especially in this, you know, in this Me Too <laughs> mm-hmm. movement, you know, which is very important. Um, there's a lot of discussions around consent, which is wonderful. Yeah. So now, um, you know, every now and then, I actually more frequently get kind of drunk women who think that yeah who think that they are entitled to touch me because they well I have what you have so I can grab at you right wow um and I actually shocking yeah and it's it happens more than you would think but but and this is not to drag women right because that's the last thing we need but um and that's not you know not to shame them either right Right. but like it does happen um and often when I I gently but firmly kind of put them in their place there is this like light bulb. And actually this happened to me recently in New Orleans. I had a a woman was with her very drunk fiance or this guy, some guy she was with. And he was being just like the typical, just like entitled gross dude. He was just yeah. being like, Hey, let me, can let me put my arm around you and, yeah. can, and uh-huh. Oh, can we take a picture together? You want to come home with me? My wife, like uh. all of this stuff. Like, yeah, buddy, like that's exactly what I want right now. Yeah, I perform for I, you. And suddenly now I want a threesome. Yeah. I've been living um, my life waiting <laughs> yeah. for you to walk waiting, in. Waiting you, you for your you know sweaty. that I dreamt about you when I yes. was like, you know, 10. Exactly. And I was just been just w- on this journey, charming. on this journey, trying to find you. Right. Drunk man. In exactly. <laughs> and he was th- thinking he was, just like he had hit the jackpot because he was at this burlesque show with these like lovely burlesque dancers. And she said, um, he said, uh, oh, take a take a picture with my wife. You know, she really wants to take a picture with you. And so, of course, I obliged. And he said, now, come on, babe, put your hand on her butt. Oh, my God. And he, he encouraged like, her yeah, oh, yeah, to touch you. Yeah, he's like, grab her, grab her a little bit. It'll be hot. And I looked at him and I said, no, no. And she said, I, oh, should I not do that? And I and I looked at her and I said, listen, I said, in this moment, she's like, he's just drunk. He's just being silly. And I looked at her and I said, you know, every day women worry. Oh, because she said, the, the the problem was that she said, oh, if we, but can we just do it just this one time? Like, can oh, we put our my. hand? Because I said, well, if I let you do it, everyone's going to want to do it. Yeah. And she said, oh, but just just like this one time. And I looked at her and I said, if I let, not only if I let you do it, well, everybody want to do it, but it sets an example and a precedent that says it's okay to touch people without asking. And I said, and haven't you had enough of random men walking up to you and thinking they can grab you without asking your permission? And the look mm-hmm. on her face and the realization that came over her. And I said, how often have you had your boundaries crossed when you didn't want them to? Right. And she was just like, oh my God, you're so right. And I think in that moment, she realized that not only was I a real person, but that I had like agency. Agency, even yeah. when you're off the stage yeah. and you're even when you I'm know, standing there and like and he's in a G string. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's, it's okay. I said, but you don't deserve it. So I definitely don't deserve yeah. it. And she was yeah. like, you're right. And then she was like, and then she like, she's like, stop asking her, like, leave her alone, you know? Yeah. And it was just sort of this moment, but it does, it happens. But, that being said, that's one small example. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often at all. And and kind of beautifully on the flip side of it, more and more when people come up to me to take a photo, they say, is it okay if I put my arm around you? That's one, good. It's wonderful. And I always say yes. I totally yeah. don't mind. Yeah. But I pr- appreciate even more that they, they ask. ask. Right. They said, can I put my arm around you? Absolutely. Can I give you a hug? Sure. You know? Yeah. But the fact that they're asking is so wonderful than, than just assuming that they can put their hands 
And I have to say, most of the time, people are so careful. And the men and the women both are like, oh, can I, is it okay? Can I put my arm? Yes, yes, yes. You're fine. You're fine. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm going to just speculate here because it came to me and I'd have absolutely no you know, facts to back this up. It's complete total speculation. People, when they go to a burlesque show, are are usually knowing they're going to see some kind of art. Mm -hmm. It's a theater. Mm -hmm. So they might be treating you, the performer, with more respect than if they thought they were just going to go see somebody strip. Well, and that's... And that's where, you know, it's all the human body. It's all somebody that you need to be respecting. Exactly. And that's been what's really interesting and kind of wonderful for me as sort of a... I don't know, I try to be like a little bit of a spokesperson for this kind of subject, but um, I, I, on stage, as if I'm the MC, we I always give a little fun but firm lesson on consent, um, uh-huh. you know, kind of just not by trying to like beat it over their head, but just say, you know, uh, you know, don't touch basically and <laughs> yeah. ask permission. And mm-hmm. the line between being a pervert and a creeper is consent, you know, yeah. and feel free to be a perv, but don't be a creep. And, you know, uh, <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with feeling turned on or thinking lustful thoughts or having a desire. There's nothing wrong with that. Part of humanity, it's right? It's part of what makes us yeah. magical yeah. human beings, you know, um, having desires and feeling excited. That, that's wonderful. But don't be a creep about it. You know, don't think you don't have to act on your don't desire. Yeah, and don't just because you got it. Exactly. Don't feel entitled to my time or my body, right? And so there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. But it's exactly the same rules that should apply in a strip club. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is those women are also providing a service. And so if they are providing a service in which you are allowed to, there's a lap dance or something and, and the contact is allowed, you still need to be asking permission. Mm-hmm. You are still should be uh, treating those women with just as much respect. It's just a different environment. And on bur- in burlesque, yeah. It, there is a bit more of a wall, and maybe a, a different, a, a different um, clientele that are going to be at the burlesque right. versus. There's a different expectation. Everything that you could get at a strip club, right? You know, right? Um, it's just a different. Is a different clientele. It's a different yeah. expectation. Yes, you're there for a different reason. Yes, um, but it's all fantasy and magic. You know, it's yeah. all theater and and magical and beauty and um, yeah, yeah. It's all mm-hmm. it's all requires and should yeah. have respect. Well, this podcast is all fantasy and magic and beautiful as well. Yes. And I think we're going to take another quick break and then come back and talk some more about some great things that are happening with Lola. And um, we'll be right back, guys. And we're back with full glasses once again. Yes, yes. Thank you, Emily. You do such a good job with that. I I like to bring the joy in these conversations (laughs) here. So um, when Lola was talking before our break, um, she mentioned G-string. And of course, (laughs) right away, I realized that we made one big mistake early on in in this show. Right, I haven't, I haven't we given my not. impression of the wine yes. and related it to underwear yet. Right? Um, oh, yeah. It is. It, it is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, well, right. I yeah, know. I, we, we, I was actually kind of thinking, oh, maybe Emily will forget about it because you know, um, because Lola has fantastic. <laughs> Underwears oh. and panties and all these things. <laughs> well, and like, it just quite the collection. It just brought me right back to our, to right. where we began. Right. So I guess let me let me have a few more sips. Let me think about it. Let's talk about it. I promise 
I will let before you know before okay. we close out the show. I can't wait to hear about what it. my impression of the wine is as well, it relates to underwear. Maybe with Lola, you having um, quite the collection of fabulous panties. Maybe you should share your thoughts on what kind of panty. We're well, not going to lie. When you said leathery, I know it made me think yeah. it's, like, it's got a it's got a bold. You know, a, a a bold sort of dominatrix kind of mm. vibe, maybe like a maybe a a strappy vinyl, like oh, a okay. black pair of strappy with multiple straps on it. You know, mm-hmm. shiny, it's very shiny. Maybe yeah. a few studs. I was in just there. gonna say, there's got to be some studs. Some studs, right? yeah, yeah. Some studs. It would it would pair well with a nice uh, flogger, possibly, mm-hmm. and uh, some high heeled vinyl boots. I, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I just didn't know how to be that open and vulnerable with you guys about it. Um, yeah, I, I definitely was. I was even thinking corset yes, as well with yes. this. Oh, wine. absolutely, you a corset know, for sure. But I, you know, we hadn't. Emily and I hadn't discussed like the the mm. rules. Can I talk about mm. it as a you know panties as a corset maybe with the garters. I mean, that's part of that is underwear. You yeah. know, corsets and yeah. stockings. Those are all underwear. You know? Yeah. I, think it, I love corsets. Oh, yes. Me yeah. too. Me too. I went one um, year for Halloween. I went up to this uh, corset maker in Chicago Ooh. who's known for, like, making corsets for professional doms. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I went, I went all out. And I actually had a corset made by by him and uh complete with d hooks on it and wow, everything for amazing. like the flogger yes. and all of that yeah it was well, one of my favorite costumes yes, yes. Yeah. exactly <laughs> functionality yeah it's just it's just a little awkward when emily wears it at the home depot <laughs> she's <laughs> like man i'm just putting my my hammer i got my drill there it's all good yeah yes step back i'm gonna have the measuring tape <laughs> yes the things we learned in girl scouts <laughs> still are working for us today <laughs> fabulous wonderful yeah this is a very good wine and yeah. um i i think we have completed the outfit with, the, cor- with the black corset and yes. the collaboration yeah mm-hmm. yeah what much like this wine has been a collaboration That's and our right. podcast and this wonderful conversation <laughs> so, but anyway yeah, i'm so, gonna have another sip yeah have a sip so mm-hmm. during our break you started um sharing with us this amazing little community that you've moved in into new orleans i'd love to learn a little bit more about what took you to New Orleans. Ooh, that requires like a, a therapist couch and, all, uh, <laughs> and no. another bottle of it's wine. It's deep. Yeah, it's very deep. Um, but no, it, I mean, the short answer or the shorter answer is that I was just, it was time for a change. Mm-hmm. I had been living above my storefront on Cherokee for almost eight years mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. I mean, some of the most incredible times of my life were there. The, the greatest heartbreak and the most beautiful love I have ever experienced happened in those walls. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the greatest shows I've ever created, the, the most creative work I've ever done, all the best friendships, I mean, just everything. My life really developed and blossomed in that space, in that building. And leaving it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I never thought I would be in love with a building, yeah. a space. It felt like a breakup. Sure. And I went through every stage of grief with the decision. And everyone asked, like, why would you leave? Like, things were going great. And that's why I left is because I wanted to leave while it was still good. You know, I didn't want to leave when everything was like because I had to leave or because I was being forced out out of town. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. With the angry people on exactly, exactly. When they they finally had decided they'd had enough of my antics. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it was just time. And I, I had been talking about 
expanding my operations for so long. I, I love New Orleans. It's been the the one city outside of St. Louis that I've felt like is my home. Mm-hmm. And I was I had been performing in New Orleans for about a decade. And so I finally decided in the spring of this year, uh, my 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 most recent tour there, that I was walking alone in the park and I said, oh, this is it. I have, this is, it's over. Like it's time. It's time. This mm-hmm. is where I need to be. Yeah. You you had said that the greatest uh, love and the greatest heartbreak was in, in the space mm-hmm. on Cherokee, the, and the greatest creativity. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, so, that's where great creativity comes from is when you were having these deep emotions. Oh, yes. And uh, so, is there uh, is our deep emotions that you're developing now for the are you developing a new love in, oh, in New Orleans yes. are you <laughs> yes okay <laughs> yes i um i actually have had such intense transition feelings it's I knew it would be hard and traumatic, but because moving is traumatic and regardless, it's terrible it's like yeah. no matter what <laughs> yes um but it has been even more intense than I could have ever imagined. And in what ways? Oh God. I I I felt so uprooted, like leaving my community behind and my best friends, the deepest family, right. chosen family and my my biological family, my blood relatives and beyond all are here. And so leaving them behind was so difficult, especially when when you are leaving, at least what I experienced is then everyone decides now is a time to tell you everything they've been meaning to tell you for the past <laughs> 10 years. So into, on top of all of the feelings I was already having, I'm also getting everybody mm, else saying, Lola, I've been meaning to tell you this for years and now here it comes. And, and it's beautiful, but it's also like, oh my God, I can't take mm-hmm. anymore because everyone is just emoting. And it's, I mean, it's it's beautiful. I'm not complaining. They're all being vulnerable with They're you, being right? They're being so vulnerable. And they are they are telling me what I've meant to them or what our friendship has meant or what I did, whatever. And it's so beautiful, but it's also so emotional. Mm-hmm. And so to leave them behind, and especially some of them, they're saying, please don't leave. Or yeah. we'll, we'll wait for you to come back, you know, if things yeah. don't work out. Oh, God, it's awful. It was awful. Mm-hmm. And then to go to New Orleans where I really didn't have any... I have friends, but... Not my support system. Uh, I didn't really. I know people, but they're not. They're not my deep personal friends mm-hmm. anymore. And it was just. Oh God, it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I had some friends that I thought I had when I came to New Orleans, but they they really didn't. didn't they weren't out. there for me. Yeah. And um, it was really hard. Yeah. And, yeah. But in the midst of all of that, I did. I found new friendships. I found my who is now my roommate. And I found uh, kind of a new love that I was not expecting or looking for. And and so there's That's been marvelous. some beautiful, yeah, yeah, some really beautiful things have transpired. And now I feel like I'm primed and ready to take 2019 by the horns. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I get this sense that it, um, and again, I have absolutely no facts to back any of this <laughs> up. But I have this sense from you that it wasn't a leaving people behind. That you've moved no. to New Orleans to expand, yes, to to share more, to share yourself with more of yes. the world, and that you right. haven't left St. Louis behind. I haven't. Oh God, it's I've like, been here like every once a month, right? <laughs> and it's I almost moved. like it's like you've made room for more people to even like. Take take fill in the spaces where you used to be here, right? That you was what I wanted. Yeah, for folks. I really wanted to. 
give them the chance. You know, I love metaphor. So I liken it to like, you know, I, I planted my roots here and this beautiful tree grew here, this garden, you know, and um, I have all these like baby birds that, you know, mm-hmm. were nesting and it was time to push them out, yeah. you know, and that is not to diminish at all how strong and amazing and capable all these people already were. But sometimes you need to take away the safety net. I have always felt that when you create something, especially if it's an organization or let's say an artist movement or uh, mm-hmm. we won't include our podcast because this <laughs> is personality d- d- driven. But I found that when you've created something, you know it's successful when it can stand without you being the one directing everything every day. Yeah. All of and these that's things. the test, right? And you, you know, burlesque is still living in St. Louis. Thriving. You, yeah. you should continue to pat yourself on the back oh, for that. Oh, that's really nice. That's And that really is what I wanted to see, you know, and I told yeah. them, I want you all to now take a step into this sort of, this sort of forefront. I want you guys to now be the, the face, mm-hmm. you know, and I, um, it's a challenge, obviously, and it's, it's, a lot of work, but already I'm seeing it happen. You've seen and, the growth in Oh God, it's just so beautiful to see. It's really obviously it's a very complicated emotion. Yeah. yeah. But it is all from love. And yeah. so I am watching I have a troop, the Bonbons, who I'm watching like take control of their entire career. I have like almost nothing to do with it now. And it is so exciting to see them thrive and get their own bookings and to be in demand and to see um the people I gave my studio to, Cindy Huhu and Greta Garter, they've taken the reins of that. And Cindy Huhu especially, she's like now completely in charge along with one of my former students, uh, Dizzy Tunt, who is now taking control of, of management places. It's just amazing. And I, I'm so excited because yeah. I want them to be in charge. And and I would think that the other part about it is that when you come back and you, you know, you're here in St. Louis quite, quite a bit, um, but your friendships are intentional now. It's not just friendships by convenience. It's not just because you're down the street. I'm going to stop by and say hello. You know, right. it's everything's mm-hmm. intentional. Yeah. And and that really, I think, raises the level of uh, like vulnerability and connection oh that God, you have. It's so rich. You're right. It's my friendships have actually become deeper. Right. Because now when I'm here, I'm here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm spending like very specific time with the people I love because I know I have a very limited amount of time. So now yeah. when we're together, yeah. we are like deep in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was out with my friends last night till like 3 a.m. because I just, we kept wanting to hang out and talk and be ridiculous with each other, you know? Right. So right. it's so great. Yeah. So you have this new community of mm-hmm. friends who's starting to develop in New Orleans. Yeah. And you were sharing a little bit about this amazing community this whole situation it's incredible i got so lucky y'all how did you how did you find how did you find that so i um so i already had some friends and connections of course like the burlesque community runs deep and it's very tight and everyone knows everyone so i already had like friends there um so i'm trying to deepen some relationships there and that's you know that's slowly but surely it is the big easy things move slow you know um but i have already reached out and have some really lovely connections there but then I have a friend here in town, a couple, uh, Jane and Brock, who are just wonderful. And she's a local belly dancer. And she told me when I moved down, oh, you have to meet my cousin, my ex-cousin-in-law, okay. Julianne. And so uh, Jane's cousin was married to Julianne. They are no longer together, but they've maintained a friendship. And she said, oh, you guys will just hit it off right away. And so 
she connected us on Facebook. And so we met for like tacos and margaritas one Sunday, like shortly after I moved to town. She had a scooter. I had a scooter. <laughs> Didn't know that. Both drove up. She was like, oh my God, you, like, let's talk about this. And then she told me about her scooter gang, Pussy Envy, oh, and God. her badass like Pussy Envy jackets that she had. And and I immediately liked her. We liked each other right away. And um, But we were just going to be friends. There was no intention of living together. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a roommate. I was going to live by myself, and I was looking to downsize from my three-story building. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just need a small place for me in Chappie. And then um, the roommate I had lined up fell through. And the day after that happened, and I was a little panicked because I had a very, I had a timeline in which I needed to find a space. She said, oh, you know, I know you already have a roommate, but I'm, I'm thinking it's time for me to move out of my place. So it'd be really cool. And I was like, oh my God, you have no idea. Like, this is perfect. And she said, I knew we met for a reason. <laughs> I knew it was destined in the yeah, stars. Yeah. Amazing. Uh-huh. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Michelle, of mm-hmm. how things, when they're supposed to be, just naturally flow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's exactly what happened. It was it was uh, her saying, oh, let's do, do you want to live together? And it was just sort of this instant, well, yeah, okay. Duh. I mean, like. <laughs> Can you live with, you know, it was like, as long as you will accept living with my, my little guard dog, um, great. And so. The very next day, she found this listing on Craigslist. It had just been listed that day. The owner of the house had moved uh, to the small town a couple hours from New Orleans, and he didn't want to take care of it anymore. And he owned this 125-year-old classic New Orleans mansion. Oh, my gosh. And um, it hadn't been renovated since 1984, so we got it for a bargain and we now live in this massive— You guys purchased it? No, we're renting. Okay, okay. But we're getting it for—it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, a song for yeah. sure. He's and, not listening uh, to our podcast, so he's, he's not, not He's he, not going to realize <laughs> that he needs to charge you more. Well, and you know, it's funny because he even said, <laughs> I know I could get more for it, but I don't care. I don't want to do the renovation. It's too much work for me. He's okay. retired, and he's yeah. over it, and— he comes into city, to the city once a month, like an old-fashioned. He comes to our door to collect rent once a month. Like, wow. And he's a classic New Orleans man. You know, he comes yeah. over and he just wants to sit down and drink a cup of tea and talk to us about our lives. And, I mean, it's hilarious. On the and, porch, on yep. the veranda. Oh, yes, on the marvelous. veranda. Yeah, it's pretty—it's wonderful. But the place is very old, so we've—but but my, my roommate Julianne is this incredibly crafty, ingenious woman— so she's just constantly in there with a cock on and her, you know, her mom comes over and they're constantly repairing things. And it is a beautiful place. And we have this, you know, big backyard. And, and you, have you fallen in love? Have you fallen in love with it like you did your building? It's in a different way, but yes. Okay. Oh God, I love it. There's yeah. stained glass and three fireplaces and three mm. bars. Mm. And we have, wow. my dream was always to have a kitchen that was like big and open with, I yeah. wanted a, I wanted a bar yeah. so that I could cook and people could sit at the bar and drink cocktails mm-hmm. while I cook. And I have that now. Oh my So gosh. it is, it's really special. And I'm going to be hosting some women's retreats in my new space. I was in just going to say, I, I, could, I can see this kind of special collective of women coming yes, in. Yes, stay and tuned. Special events. And, yes, yeah. oh. be, be sure to get, keep yeah. us informed. We have of those. an oil painter who rents our front room and she paints these beautiful paintings. And it's just, it's magical. Oh my gosh. So in April, I'm going to be hosting a, a recharge your kind of like recharge your spirit retreat. And we're going to, yeah. I'm going to be organizing all kinds of, um, 
um, fabulous events. We're going to go do second line parades for the quarter nice. and have fancy dinners and drink cocktails in my house and oh, fabulous. do yoga in my living wow, room. Wow, we might have to have a Clearly Speaking podcast recording happening yeah, oh, during perfect. this retreat. I know. We, we probably, the Pussy Envy Gang. Yes. That would be absolutely. I have a scooter too. <gasps> you would be a part of it. So I could be have, like. Do you happen to be a divorcee? I am divorced. That's the, that is actually the requirement. I'm not part of Pussy Envy, but I'm on the uh, auxiliary because I've never been divorced and it's a divorcee. Uh, a scooter scooter gang, so they would probably accept you with open and they arms. probably would like my podcast name. They would they love, love it. Podcast oh, name. they would love it. Um, well, but you said you also have like a German person living with you. Yes, or, like so. There's this wonderful German artist named Ben who lives in the uh, this little cottage in our backyard, and he's a lovely man. And um, he's actually been so wonderful because he helps us with little projects around the house, and he also feeds a feral cat colony. So we have like twelve cats that live in the backyard and he feeds them like chickens like he comes out with the feed and just like scatters it in the yard and all these cats live there and he built with you know he built his uh this little cat house mm-hmm. so that they have shelter in the winter and it's adorable and chappy coexists peacefully with them and i think he likes it because he's got friends in the backyard do you have and- a picture we might we might have to share a picture oh yeah i have pictures that. i can mm-hmm. so yeah. i have like one i have another philosophical question for you sure because this is obviously how this Spanish wine makes mm-hmm. me makes yes. me thought makes wine. me think very very deep and philosophically. Mm-hmm. You have created this community. You created a community in St. Louis with the burlesque, um, obviously, and it has grown, and we have benefited from it tremendously. Oh, that's really nice. And now you're in now you're in New Orleans, and you're you know continuing to expand who you are at Lola Van Ella. You know you have name recognition beyond beyond the. Than our own, yeah, you're a our, brand. Our own oh, borders, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> a known, a known brand. Do you find, and this is my, this is my question, that you have, you have, cre- you've created, and you've opened yourself up to artists, regardless of painter, musician, uh, seamstress, whatever it is. Yeah, and medium. Then, so, so because you've, you're open to all that, you are now attracting everything out, you know, they're coming to you. And then that, then that, um, elevates like your own life experience even greater than if you were just the girl, the accountant who burlesqued at night, you know? Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I I really believe that you you have to. It's a garden again. I love metaphor. You know, you have to tend to your garden, like the the things that you want to yeah. grow. You know, you have to sort of manifest those things. And I um I truly believe that like attracts like, yeah. and that yeah. you too. are yeah. It's it's so real, and that you are you absolutely are in charge of your you know de- it's manifest destiny. But I also believe in you know things happen for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe very very ferociously that. Um, you know, time, like there's no such thing as bad timing. Like even like the worst things that happen to you, like there's lessons in everything, right? Like, and if we, if we use the, the gift of perspective, right? Which I think perspective is our greatest gift in life. You know, like vulnerability is our greatest strength. I think perspective is the greatest gift that we have. You're able to sort of, you're able to attract the things that you want because you're able to go, okay, so this is terrible. This really sucks. Like this is a, terrible situation that I'm in. (laughs) But like, what is the lesson in this? Once I get off the floor and, you know, stop crying for days or, you know, feeling horrible about myself, um, because there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like we have to like feel our feelings. You have to go through it. Uh, Once we get through that, then, then the gift of perspective kicks in and you're like, okay, what was, what's like the lesson here? Like, what can I learn from this? And when we're able to sort of see that ahead of us, that's when we can, we can manifest the things that we want. And so, 
I never imagined that I would have this incredible community, but oh my God, I I am genuinely so humbled by it and grateful because um, I really feel, without sounding cheesy or like a little too eat, pray, love here, I... Uh, which not, that's a great book and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I joke. We're not. We're not. No disrespect. I, there. Yeah, no disrespect. <laughs> but my best friend Jeez Louise always like jokingly calls me because I write these like you know very deep like journalistic uh, things on like Facebook and Instagram, and she like calls me like Eat Pray Strip all the time. She's like calls oh, me Eat Pray Strip. Like oh, Lola's on her Eat Pray Strip journey. Uh, <laughs> but you know, without getting too like you know cheesy or cliche, I I genuinely believe that um, we we open ourselves up when we when we when we want the things that we want, when we manifest the things, when we put into the world, you you know, you get what yeah, you give, absolutely, right? Absolutely. And I never could have imagined this community that is around me, but I am truly humbled and grateful. I am constantly being reminded by the people around me that I am so lucky because they tell me all the time how happy they are to be a part of this community. And you know, you, it is, it does take a village. It truly takes a village. And I am so amazed that they want to be a part of my village. I, you know, every time I get like really overwhelmed, I feel like I'm asking too much. They're like, no, this is, we, we want you to ask us for help. We're like, we're waiting for you to tell us what you need. And we, we all take care of each other. You know, they're, I'm trying to be there for them and they are always there for me. It is, it is, amazing. It is such a gift. Well, it is, it's absolutely wonderful to hear it. And I, I think for our listeners who are, who are putting things out there into the universe for themselves, you know, if they, if they just continue, continue going on the path, continue believing in yourself and, mm-hmm. and manifesting your dream. I mean, I joke with, I joke with people before, you know, Emily and I would start this podcast because I, I ventured to say, hey, I want to do a podcast. And she jumped on it. And here we are. We made it a reality. And mm-hmm. and I know we sit back and overwhelmed with our own little, you know, yeah. clitorati. Our, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> our, yeah. our, our yes. community that's growing from this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can, we hope for the best. We want to be successful. Everybody mm-hmm. does. Of course. But you never, you never know how amazing it is to see, to see Things transpire. Yes, and, and getting you, outside of yourself. And you and and to be vulnerable, you know. And yeah. and we're vulnerable here on the show. Our guests are vulnerable. You've been vulnerable. Um mm-hmm. but our voices are stronger because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in, it's lifting lifting others up. You know, we talk about in comedy, it's called punching up, right? You never you always want to lift others up, right? Yeah, you wanna right. like we want to uh elevate everyone and burlesque really should be about that, about Im- uh, elevating other people and and uh, lifting our sisters, our brothers, everybody up. That, you know that and, was our honor. well, and and maybe it's not necessarily the burlesque is that maybe it's been you've been that way and I've been that way and others we've been that way our whole lives and mm, we've found yeah. the art form to sure. make it happen. They complement each other, you know. Yeah, cause um, it, it's, because it's just burlesque like anything. didn't make you the way you are. No, you have always had that inside you. Well. You know, I, you know, it's it's so important to to try to be a little bit better than you were the day before. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I'm like I, I so can't I, wait to go down to New Orleans and visit. I know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I, Stay in the, the Burt Reynolds suite. We have, <laughs> have this amazing wood paneled room. Do you have? Do you have like just allow people a little moment in time to grieve his his passing? Oh gosh, you know, yes, it's like, of course. To take a little it's moment named after him for and a then, reason, and then, <laughs> uh, then enjoy all that was Burt yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. 
So talking about manifesting realities for ourselves, um, and we are in a new year now. Yeah. Uh, I know Michelle and I, we have been talking about creating like a vision board for what we want out of this year for ourselves. And we still need to do this. We have to get to Walgreens and buy the poster board. (laughs) And when we do that, then we're one step closer to our vision board. That's right. It's all all a matter of our priorities. (laughs) Stop at the wine merchant for wine Uh or Walgreens for the vision board. Yeah, yeah, wine's gonna win for sure. I think if Walgreens could be next to the wine merchant, we'd be set. Yeah, (laughs) but I think what we should do is when we finally do them, we'll share. Yeah, we'll share everyone, and I want to open it up to our community, our clitorati out there. You know, share your vision for 2019 with us, and as a community, let's lift each other and support each other in what it is that we want. If there's anything we can do to help each other. yeah, you make know, it with happen. these with these goals, let's yeah, let's be there for each other. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, my one of my my stage manager, Mama Megan, she's just incredible. She's sort of been like my personal assistant. Um, she jokingly we we refer to like they call them the minions, you know, mm-hmm. but she calls herself the mignon, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, She's just wonderful, and she's been with me for years, and she started a Facebook group called It Takes a Village, y'all, and she's uh, been—she spearheaded this thing because I—when it was time for me to move and everybody—I mean, people flocked to help—it was—I mean, I was crying, like, every day, just Mm -hmm. like I couldn't believe, you know, the support, and it was so humbling and overwhelming— but in now it's spawned this movement where now everybody else asks for help. That's hey, great. I need to move this piece of furniture. Hey, I'm having, I'm struggling with, a, you know, a, a div- everything from a breakup. To, you know, I need a, a lawyer for a divorce or or I'm in a dangerous situation or I need help moving some furniture. Or, or can somebody hang these yes, pictures for me? Yes, I'm sad. <laughs> I just need someone to come over and drink a glass of wine with me and tell me that it's everything's so nice. going to be okay. And that now we, wonderful. yeah, it's, it really has paid it forward. It spawned this sort of movement and it's just yeah it's really lovely it's really nice when we all start to take care of each other and Mm -hmm. really care about each other yeah it's really beautiful now more than ever you know we need need to take care of each other continue to well lola uh we want you to plug your event that's happening the same day this this episode drops yeah um here in st louis yes yeah it's called the shimmy showdown weekender it is its ninth annual so uh it's this hilarious um, it was sort of my answer to the classic burlesque sort of competitions pageants. This is a complete opposite of that. It's a uh-huh. comedic improv deathmatch burlesque. Uh, burlesque of burlesque is what I call it. You okay. know, sort of parodying what burlesque is. And um, it is people look forward to it all year. It's hilarious. And so that is um, on the 18th. And then on the 19th, it's the the Night of Stars. It's this beautiful show with all of the performers' signature acts. And so on the 18th, that is at FUBAR. And then across, basically across the street from that is the Faxton Speakeasy. Right. Okay. And so it's at the ro- the Rowdy That's Rock and Roll place. Bar the first night. And then the second night, it's at a beautiful uh, yeah. speakeasy, or speakeasy. And then it's we're using the entire building. So we're taking Wonderful. over the whole place on the 19th. Gorgeous so glam. Fabulous. So for those of you that would not even, even like you're completely shocked and enthralled by what we have here in St. Louis this weekend there's yes. yeah. nothing but burlesque this downtown. is the show to see it is especially I mean both nights are amazing and they're, they're both completely completely different mm-hmm. I recommend getting a weekend pass of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, but hopefully the, it's not too late <laughs> yeah no it's definitely not too late uh, yeah. tickets actually just went on sale about a week ago so well, when this uh, episode when that, airs yeah it won't be it probably won't be sold out if okay. they show up at the door but okay. um, it's it's a it's a magical time okay maybe magical if they time. tell you they heard it on clearly speaking you might 
Maybe find little, another spot for yeah, them. Yeah, we'll find a spot for Fantastic. them. Fantastic. So I have one final request before we wrap this up, unless you okay, have no, another no, question. No, no, no. Go ahead. My request is when we're done, can I know that you had a burlesque school. Can you teach Michelle and I a one one yes, one trick for the trade of course and and then we'll keep it we'll keep our video running for the YouTube channel so for our listeners who are interested in and observing can I, can I tell you too that I have to of course give a shout out because Van Ellis Studios closed but the torch was passed and so there is the St. Louis School of Burlesque and Variety okay so oh. that still exists it's at stlburlesque.com so there okay. and I and I come and teach workshops still okay so there are workshops and we accept and encourage everybody all bodies, every yeah. human to come and learn the art of burlesque. But yes, Fantastic. I would love. Oh okay, great. I would love to show you something. Crazy. Oh, <laughs> Sam, help. what are you in yes. for? What are you in so, for? Yeah, oh my so, yeah. So, well, anyway. for those of you who like to actually see the um, see our recordings, there are wonderful little snippets when we take breaks. The show doesn't stop. We keep talking, so you can. Get those little extras, and then of course you can see Michelle and I shimmy. So yes. there we go. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Yes, and thank you again for listening to us today. Follow us on all of our socials. Uh, visit yeah. us at our website, literallyspeakingpodcast.com. Yeah. Email us. Uh, we have a comment. We have line. a comment line, and I yet I've <laughs> and yet to memorize the number. But hope we we will we'll make sure <laughs> we'll that it's, it. Yeah. We, well, it'll be running at the end of this video, and it'll be in our show notes. So check all that out. Tell your friends, like us, five stars, like we are your Uber driver, and um, yeah. share it. Tell people about it. Follow us on all of the places that we are out there. Podcast land. Thanks for being a part of our village. All right. Yes, thank Ciao. you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah.